0: Hey, this is Nate from RadShare, and you're listening to the BMX In Our Blood podcast. All right, welcome back to the BMX In Our Blood. I'm actually kind of nervous about this. I've never interviewed myself. Maybe once in the very beginning, but things have changed since then for sure. So the reason I'm doing this podcast today, tonight, as it is, Monday night, Uh, whatever day it is, the 30th, I think, of March, doing it for two reasons. Uh, One is because a lot of you are self-quarantined or actually quarantined. I'm not sure the proper way to say that. Uh, Or you may have an essential job or position. And that's pretty much my case. But uh, I can't drive out of state. I think there's a... uh, travel ban in effect, which is breaking my heart lately because I'd love to go see our son down in Jersey, but uh, we have to let this virus, COVID-19, or for the beer drinkers out there, coronavirus, but uh, anyway, I'd love to see him, but uh, it's going to have to wait. All right, here we go. So anyway, so the so it's for for two reasons. The first one was the uh, you know we're, we're all kind of trying to stay put as much as we can and not traveling. It's um, it's a little hard for me to not take a trip out and uh, catch an interview or two that I that I'm interested in, but uh, it's it's worth the wait for health's sake. The faster we comply and. Keep the distance, and do all the right things, keep yourself as clean as possible, transmit the virus onto someone else, then the sooner we can um, get through this and, and start fresh. So I hope everything comes together in time for so many things coming up, whether it be Easter, the, the reschedule of Swamp Fest, uh, my own jam the 7th annual, in my last gym, and that's on July 26th uh, at the Trumbull Track. So um, hopefully you can all make it there. I'm going to try to make it the best one I've ever done. So we've got lots of, lots of cool plans, aside from uh, the big jump line, the, the real skilled jump line, which we will have again, similar to three years ago. And I'm also going to try to build, in time, I'm going to try to build a, a straight rhythm course. So it'll be a one-on-one, one on one, straight rhythm. It's about 150 feet long. It should be, should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that. I think that'll be a nice twist on top of the other things we'll do, which will be the FJA manual contest, as well as probably Side Hack Racing again, and the Pit Bike Race. Those are all fun events, and I think we can squeeze it all in along with Scotty Kramer and his YouTube crew. They always bring something, along with a lot of fans. So uh, I really appreciate that. Looking forward to that. So the other reason I'm doing this podcast is because I'm trying to raise a bit more money for Sean Burns, He's hurting in more ways than one. So, uh, you know, I see so much activity going on with some big names donating some really, really cool stuff. And all you have to do to get a raffle ticket toward these amazing donations, including Stu Johnson's, I don't know what they're called, VX, something like that. The camera he used to film Anthem two, I believe. So anyway, you go to propsbmx.com and you can order a shirt and stickers, Sean Burns shirts and stickers that were made up by Chris Rye through his, through his printing business. Uh, but this is uh, something big that Stu is putting on and he's doing an amazing job with it. So, so that was the other purpose of this podcast is to raise a bit of money for, Sean Burns Recovery Fund, we'll call it, uh, which there is a GoFundMe for. I tried that out; accepts money easily, so go for that as well. Uh, any extra information you want on the the raffle, we'll call it Instagram at Sean Recovery, and. The winners will be chosen on April 10th, so not too far away. Onto the props website and uh, and order up. I know I did last night, and can't wait. Really happy to help, and I think you guys all love to help too because I see that every year when when I do the fundraising jam. So uh, so anyway, again that fundraising jam I should say is a road to recovery. Jam once again, which is great because road recovery needs the funds because we uh, we all enjoy sports that are so much fun, but with it, there's always that inherent risk of getting hurt and getting hurt seriously. So, road recovery is so important for all of us to to help fund so that they can help athletes so before I get cranking on the questions because there's actually there's not too many but they're going to take a little while there's 22 questions I think 21 of them were from Curtis Cantwell at Powers Bike Shop who is a sponsor of the show you should check out Powers BMX Museum Powers Pre-Owned also I wanted to send out another another thank you I try to do this as often as possible, but uh, one to Tasha Lindman and all of her work that she does through TJL Photo, she does all the graphic work for the jams and she designed the logo for the BMX in our blood. Always grateful for, for Tasha, she works so so hard. So if you ever need any graphic works done, then uh, get a hold of her, TJL Photo on Instagram. And also Brian Irochi, who works for Roll Bikes, he is uh, he's a pretty amazing guy too, and and does quite a bit of work on the podcast. And last but not least, uh, Nuno Oliveira, who works at Odyssey, he uh, takes care of the my podcast announcements that he puts together each for each episode. He does it up, makes it look nice, and uh, it's just a nice nice touch. So. Thank you, Nuno. May as well hit some of these questions because this is gonna take a little bit. So I'm not not sure where I'm gonna start here. I think I'm going to go with, I'm gonna start with Jason Georgilis. And uh, he's from Australia, really awesome guy. Two beautiful kids and a wonderful wife down in, in Australia. So hi Jason, hi Mel, hi kids. So he sent me some questions, and he's one of them was of all the bikes I've owned, which one is my favorite? I can kind of narrow it down to two, and you'll probably hear me do this more and more throughout this podcast because I'm a super indecisive individual. So uh, I narrowed it down to two. One of them's the I had a VDC cruiser, Forrest Dixon cruiser, and I'll try to post some pictures of. VDC bikes, but the top tube and the bottom tube appear to go through the head tube. So there's basically round, flat ends on the front of your head tube. That's how it would look. So I had one of those. I've been told a thousand times that I should have never gotten rid of it because it's worth more than a house or something to that effect. But uh, you know what? Crap happens. I'm sure I had to sell it so I could get another cruiser or more than likely another 20-inch. Because, uh, well, twenty inches where it's at. So anyway, I would say it's between the VDC Cruiser and the S Mad Dog that I had. Um, the The Mad Dog was just the timing was just right. Chris Moeller and Greg Scott had just started up S and M, uh, and they had done a little bit of advertising. And uh, and I got, you know, of course, I live in Connecticut, so I I saw the advertisement for it and uh, did a little pen paling back and forth. Believe it or not, we actually wrote letters to each other. It was pretty cool. It was on a couple subjects because he also had a zine and I did as well. And this was in the late eighties. I want to say it was like eighty eight maybe. So um, so that bike had a had some some real meaning to it uh for me i also tried to do a lot of the same tricks that chris Muller did and uh i kind of wanted maybe i wanted to be the east coast version of him i don't i'm not sure what i was doing but uh but anyway the mad dog was awesome wow that was well over 30 years ago and uh and yeah, so those are the, the two. Well, of course, I got to tell you the reason I like the VDC so much besides the unique bike was because, <laughs> big surprise, anyone that listens to this podcast regularly, regularly has heard me <laughs> say this, but Hans Nissen, he is will always be my favorite pro. He uh serious underdog. Won a Cruiser title back in 89, I think uh, in the ABA, but he also wrote a, uh, a crazy looking 20 inch because he was so tall or is so tall that, uh, that he had these BDC monkey bars and they were, they were pretty high. Uh, but he also had such a unique look to him as far as his uniform went and his bike really, he was a front brake, a front brake guy. And this was, uh, in the era when, uh, most people had dropped the front brakes if they did have them. I think even Harry Leary had dropped his front brakes by that point in the uh in the mid to late eighties so he had uh so he had front brakes, but he also had a a helmet that had his own little design using electrical tape on his helmet so uh he he just had the, the he just had the look he had this uh Chewbacca looking uh shoulder brace that I think just held his whole arm into the shoulder socket and so he he must have had some serious pain going on too but he was awesome, I mean he made some amazing mains, tough mains in A Pro so uh, anyway, underdog awesome, just awesome to watch and see pictures of him in the magazines way back when so I think yeah that's a way long way around the uh the answer of of uh which bikes were my favorite and i have owned a lot of bikes uh just because that's in that era uh we our bikes didn't last that long so i went went through lots of hutch bikes profile oh boy GTs just a lot of different bikes because we were jumping as much as we were, we were we were racing and uh and that was the same bike back then which i'm sure i'm sure you've heard one or two people say in the past or currently anyway let's see jason also had all right You wanted to know most memorable race uh, that's a pretty tough one for me because it's not like I was an awesome racer. I was maybe a little better than average, but uh not a not a fantastic racer like jumping more uh, but I just wasn't strong enough i wasn't I wasn't gonna put in all that effort doing sprints and uh we'll say we'll say sprints and lifting basically gym time primarily and bike time, really as a secondary part of training. That's the way it seemed to me anyway, and I didn't want anything to do with that. That seemed really uncomfortable to me to actually train. But uh, anyway, kudos to those that did and did so well. Uh, my most memorable race was... All right, I'm kind of torn on this one. theres, there's <laughs> I'm going to do this to you again. There was the President's Cup. In Ohio, at the uh, at the convention center there, where we've, a lot of us from uh, from that mid mid school back to old school era would remember quite well. So they had the President's Cup before the two nationals, so the three races in a row, which was so cool. It was just man, it was awesome. So the President's Cup was a state versus state. Since uh, I was a little faster on cruiser or maybe it appeared that way because less people race cruiser than than 20 inch I usually made that that main and uh, I don't remember exactly what age group it was I don't know what they called it at that time but it may have been 18 to 20 uh, something like that the Florida guys were always really really good and I had Corey Denberger in the main uh, along with Ed Zell and a couple other faster guys, a couple of Sundance guys. I can't remember exactly exactly who, but uh, I had the lead up until the I don't know I may have only had the lead for a couple of straights, but I've got a, a, a big picture looking uh, extremely uncoordinated, uh, especially with the uniform. But uh, but I had the lead, and uh, I think it took until the maybe the last turn where I finally lost the lead. But it was pretty cool to to be winning a race where you're all the people from your state are up in the mezzanine, the balcony seating there, and and watching. We're all wearing the same color shirts. You know, it was it was just awesome because obviously people were hyped up for their guy to. Uh, to win their main, because then you got points toward the win, and Connecticut always did pretty good, but, you know, we were, uh, from Connecticut, man, I mean, around Christmas, we hadn't ridden for quite a bit at that point, so anyway, that was one of them, the other one was when, uh, another cruiser main, and it was at the Grands in 94, maybe, I can't remember exactly when, but, it was a pretty tough main. Mark Heckler, also from Connecticut, he was in the main, and he was he was definitely positioned to be the uh, the champion of the class. He was going to be the number one guy if he won the main. So uh, I happened to get the start of my life, and I was on the inside, and he was a little in front of me, maybe half a bike, but I had the inside line on the turn and I saw who it was. And, uh, I'm not saying I could have made the pass for sure, but I did everything I could to not, to not touch him because I, the last thing I wanted to do is, is do an aggressive pass and wreck someone that was absolutely better than me, uh, and a friend. So, uh, it, to me that race felt pretty awesome because of the circumstances and a guy that I raced locally so often having that opportunity to win the number one plate so uh he did it and I was super happy for him and uh that's just the way things go and it wasn't going to change my place anyway even if I did beat him I think I would I'm still going to get number six or whatever it was so anyway Those are probably my two most memorable ones, Jason. That's all I can think of. But uh, favorite track to race, also from Jason. I would say... I'm going to say Guilford, Connecticut. That was back during the War of the Stars series. Guilford was just so rad and so... It was just crazy. It was just unconventional. It was... it was um, a pretty fast first straight into a right hand 180 that was a wall. It was amazing. It was just, it was a humongous wall of dirt with the perfect shape. So you come in and out of that turn and you head down the next straightaway. I think there was maybe a jump or two and then you go over a bridge. So you go over the bridge. And then you drop down from that and you hit this back straight that had uh somewhat of a, somewhat of a rhythm section, I believe, if I remember correctly. And uh I'm not talking about like pumping rollers, this had some sets, some some good good sets of doubles uh in a row. And uh, the next straight, there's a left-hand turn after that, and the next straight, I believe, was also a uh a rhythm section and I believe that went back under the bridge, maybe with a slight turn to the left and then the finish line. So that was, that was just a real unique track. And going there for the National uh, back in 80, uh, geez, I want to say this was, would have been 85 because I think it was Westfield, Massachusetts the first day. And the second day was Guilford, Connecticut, which they're about two hours apart, so it wasn't that big of a, a deal. But it was pretty cool to have two races, two nationals, big nationals. This war of the star series, uh, having those two nationals consecutively, Saturday and Sunday, Whip City on in Westfield, Mass, on Saturday, and and Guilford on Sunday. Anyway, it was awesome. So I'm, I guess I'm I'm partial to that one. I'm sure there's Many others that uh, that were were really good, but maybe for for different reasons. Maybe there was a jump that was that was cool at the track, but um, that one really sticks out to me. Um, and I I did my friends and I opened an MBL track years and years ago with the help of Roger Plaskett and uh, and. The Mayor's Committee on Youth Leader uh, Rick De Valley. and um, that track was was built by my friends and I when we were in our mid twenties. I think it took about two years for us to get it open from from start to finish. But uh, the track was it was a lot of fun. But um, you know, being in our mid twenties, we weren't uh, we weren't quite thinking about the younger younger kids or kids that didn't have as much skill. And, uh, we, uh, we made the track quite a bit of fun for, for us, but it didn't really work out as well for, for people that are, were going a different speed and it was very choppy to roll through what we built. so uh, so they, they changed it up after that and, and rightfully so. So anyway, uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, Before its time, and that track's still running today. So congratulations to those people, uh, including still Roger Plaskett and a bunch of them that are running that that track. Uh, It's let's see, we opened in 1995, so this will be their 25th year, I believe. So uh, yeah, just really really cool. So anyway, that's it for Jason's questions. Let's go to. We're still crossing this stuff off. So let's go to shovels and shit. This would be Ari, I believe. It he said, did Harry Leary ever have a full head of hair? Uh I'm gonna say he did, but he probably shaved it when he was about 13 so he could look more like Bobcat Goldthwaite. That's all I can think of. So uh, I I think he did used to have it. He just really idolized Bobcat, as he should have. So let's see. All right. Good question, Ari. And I'm glad I answered it so accurately, or was able to, I should say. So anyway, Malarkey Motorsports 4130 wants to want... No, (laughs) what? Oh, no. You guys are killing me. Um, And by the way, I forgot to say I am... Donating per question here, so we have 22 questions, which isn't nearly enough to donate to Sean Burns. So I'm, i uh, I'm sure I'll do some, some, uh, some change of the of the math and uh, make this work out more. Uh, well, I should say work out better for Sean. So uh, anyway malarkey motorsports wants to know what what's the worst trip you made for a podcast so i think he's looking for the juiciest of the of the stories i might have uh i don't think he really cares about whether i traveled and to get to a uh to a podcast but i can't tell you every time i go to pittsburgh it seems to snow and and just uh becomes a damn scary ride from connecticut to pittsburgh so uh so that, that would be the answer if, if that's what you're looking for. If you're looking for a person, oh, man. Um, let me just say that I make my own choices. I don't make anyone do this podcast as far as uh, who I interview. So I will tell you that, uh, that you know, I, I don't. I don't fault these people whatsoever, and uh, and you know they just didn't work out. So it's just life. And if you're going to podcast, you uh, you better have some uh, thick skin. And and I don't always have thick skin, but you know you make it through it and you learn something from it. So uh, that's the most important thing. If you don't learn anything from from your mistakes and and know when to say when and just uh, and just stop. Just stop it, walk away, you know, chalk it up as a not such a great idea at the moment, and uh, move on. So so I would everyone knows this answer. I'll just just spit it out. Anyway, probably be Vic Bem. So um he is I, I truly think the guy has a has a really good heart and uh and he loves he loves BMX. And uh I don't think he's had the easiest life and I'm sure he uh he's chosen his own path and and you know, whatever. He's like the rest of us. I'm sure he takes responsibility and at least uh at least I think he does. And so anyway, yeah. That happened to be another snow drive too. That was that was crazy. That was an after work uh from uh from Mid State New York to uh, to right around Atlantic City in the the Pine Dunes area. I think they call it something like that. But anyway, the good news is that uh, I think I have more oh man, there's more to this one. But uh, the, the good news is on top of on top of learning a bit, uh, that podcast was had uh, had a lot of downloads. I think it was 4,558 it was podcast number 64 so if you have the opportunity go back and listen to it it's uh it's pretty entertaining and um you know I have a lot of respect for for Vic because he he uh you know he dealt with it and I dealt with it we both we both uh you know, we are both fine. I'm I'm sure it all worked out just the way it should have. So uh so I, I, I say Vic, but I say that with uh some hesitancy because he is a good guy and, and we've seen each other plenty more after that and we're all good. So uh so yeah, that's uh that's the way it goes. That kind of rolls into the question that I was gonna start with, but I was a little hesitant to. And it's from Kevin Carroll from KC Interior Services. I think I mentioned that before. Uh, His question was, let's see. His question specifically was, of all the interviews you've done, who is the person that you connected with that you didn't previously know or expect to connect with? So um, I'm not sure if i can exactly say that that we connected uh because especially with this person being connected with someone is a feeling that that he that he described best in lives these connections Exactly, exactly the way he feels those connections should be. So so I'm talking about Garrett Burns. And uh, I think, you know, the, the T1 guys and, and his friends around Jersey, I mean, those are strong, strong connections. Uh, I'm very grateful that he has let me into his let's say his mind and his world a bit and, uh, and really, you know, kind of had the guard down, which I didn't, didn't expect. Uh, you know, he, he, uh, we've talked about it and he, he definitely knew what he was getting into. And, uh, I'm just grateful that I had the opportunity to be a platform for him to do that. So, uh, you know, his, his interview, uh, many have said it's, it's the best interview in BMX and that is an incredible compliment. Uh, I think you, most of you know how I feel about that. It, uh, an interview is, is exceptional and really memorable, uh, because of the guest, uh, not, not necessarily the, you know, the host of the podcast. So, uh, he, I mean that's the way I think about it with him for sure I mean he he talked a lot and uh what was really really cool is the things that he talked about resonated with more people than I ever would have guessed and uh, and I've said this before but Murphy Macheta he commented almost right away when he listened to part one because there's a part one and a part two um uh, But he, uh, he said that it's the most important interview in BMX. So he, uh, what he meant by that is there's some serious talk about depression and, and, um, and suicide and and some real, some, some real, uh, some real, real tough stuff, things that you just reflect on for, for days, weeks, months afterward. And, uh, and you don't feel alone uh which is a a lot of the messages that I that I got sent to me after that uh were exactly that they were very very grateful so uh I don't know how or why uh he chose me to uh to lay that out but he did and I'm extremely grateful because I was able to get get that story out and uh and that's it. I don't think there's any coincidence there. It just, uh, you know, we we must have felt decent about each other, comfortable around each other, and, and it worked out. So anyway, later on, I don't want to miss this. Uh, we recently I went back and did did another interview with Garrett, and this time was uh, was all about fingers crossed and the suspe- the 20 inch suspension bikes that. Uh, Him and Ruben Alcantara are are riding along with Mike Bennett. And uh, I think those are the three that are riding them. But um, some amazing film work being done there. And I apologize, I don't remember the the filmer uh, right now. But um, I think there were a couple filmers. And uh, anyway, so just today, episode number two came out i haven't gotten to watch it yet because i've been busy and got home and jumped into this so uh i haven't watched yet but i can't wait because those guys ruben and uh ruben and garrett are amazing um so anyway so let's see all right that that knocks that off and yeah it's my favorite like of all the uh (laughs) <laughs> of all the posts lately is, uh, yeah, I, I love Instagram handles. Anyway, I was psyched that, uh, Ronald dot donkey water, my, uh, like my post, I think it was the number the BMX number plate challenge that my buddy Ted Nelson, uh, AKA Ted Garvin, uh, started and a bunch of us participated in and, and I, I spent some time and and made up a uh, a humongous number plate, um, definitely old school style, and uh, and used all the stickers that are important to me to uh, to make up the number plate. So check the Instagram on that one through ground two thousand. You'll you'll see it. You can't miss it. So uh, anyway, awesome on Ted's part to get that going because now it's picking up steam on uh, on Facebook too. So again, that one is um, the BMX number plate challenge. Just put the hashtag in there and you'll find it. Someone asked about past bikes since retirement. Since I'm sorry, (laughs) since unretirement. And I kind of like that one uh, because I've had a bunch. And speaking, actually speaking of Ted. Ted Garvin, Ted Nelson, when I got back into it, he had an extra bike, he had an S&M black bike, Uh, and it just needed wheels, wheels and cranks, I think he had everything else, so uh, 2014 or 15, but anyway, he he gave me that that bike, and I, I built that up, and I used it, and i had no idea that that was uh considered a really heavy bike because i'd been out of it for so long but uh the bike was was great it was perfect to start back on because uh my specialty was casing the hell out of everything and uh, uh anyway so that bike is still with me and uh he when i'm done with it well i am done with it but when i'm uh when I take the parts off to build something else, then uh, he wants me to, to just pay it forward to someone else. So that's what's going to end up happening. But anyway, I tend to buy bikes from people that, uh, that I've known for a while and that are are friends. So after that, I get a Colt, uh, a Colt Chase Hawk bike. Uh, the rear end was pretty short, considering that most of, most of what I rode. Back in the day, was you know sixteen inches or so. And this thing was thirteen and three quarters, maybe. I don't know. Oddly enough, it wasn't as loopy as you'd think it would be. But um, for a guy like for a guy like me, but uh, but it worked out really well. And I raced it with a 36, 13, I think is the biggest I could get on the front was a thirty six, uh, and then I had a fourteen. I'm sorry, um, a fourteen freewheel on some amazing TNT wheels that that Mark Zalewski built uh which brings me to the next bike I had which was along with the Colt I raced these two bikes at the same time it was a TNT cruiser and I had a I still have that bike and and it's got some, some really awesome looking cruiser wheels on it so I was uh and I still love the look of that bike but I don't plan on racing cruiser again so uh I don't know I can't see keeping it either so hit me up if you're looking for a really nice TNT cruiser so anyway the bike after that was when I was really deep in it and in meeting more and more people and uh and that's when I had already been uh, kind of reconnected with with people like John Lee and Steve Crandall and uh I wanted nothing more than to uh than to buy a, a custom bike and John Lee uh he's amazing. John Lee who you will sorry who you will also hear from if you haven't already uh in a previous podcast I did last winter I think it was yeah last winter. Uh but John Lee was he, he was awesome. Don't get me wrong, everyone at FBM is is awesome. Uh quartz and herb and and Steve of course and John. Uh but but uh the attention to the customer that John gave was uh was just amazing. It just made me feel really good about the purchase and uh you know, somehow kept a straight face while I was trying to answer questions about the bike that I didn't even know. Like, what size I want the dropouts to be. And, you know, I just want a wheel to fit in there. Not knowing that, you know, a lot of people run run pegs that, that use FBM. So, uh, so obviously, bigger, bigger dropouts. But, uh, anyway, he did the custom. And then, to top it off, if you haven't seen the bike, he found some stickers that he had made up a while ago that happened to be the same color scheme as a team that I had uh, in the 90s, 80s and 90s, DDR, which was uh, our colors were uh, black, uh, like a like a radiant blue and a, a really radiant pink or hot pink or something like that. But he made pink and blue FBM down tube stickers. He put them on there and sent me the bike and it was the most, it still is the most awesome looking bike I think I've ever had. It just looks really, really cool. So, uh, anyway, I'm turning that into a trails bike. And, uh, I just bought a Sabrosa speed Wolf for racing. And, uh, I'm really psyched about that. And, uh, Ronnie Bonner and Greg Lanthorn obviously are the driving force behind the Sabrosa Sabrosa bikes, and uh, you know they've been great to me with the fundraisers, and I always I always try to support back. So anyway, buying the Sabrosa Speed Wolf was was something that I really wanted to do. So uh, so anyway, I'll uh, I'll show that build as soon as I'm done with it. Not sure. We'll see. I'll get it done. I'm not worried about it. And then, uh, geez, you know, to stay with that question real quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the uh, the other bikes I have are were rebuilds of. I didn't have the actual bike, but I tried to find the original bike that I first rode when I was a kid. I think a lot of people my age have done that. So anyway, I was able to find probably through my friend Nick Capruccio. He uh, he found Dave Harrison made, or still had, a a spooky BMX bike, which would have been the last bike I rode before I retired in 90, 97, 98, somewhere in there. Uh, so that ended up with Wes Huddleston, I believe, and then I saw him put it online and uh so Nick found it, pointed it out to me and I I had to have it. So uh so anyway, so that kind of covered my first bike and last bike. And the funny thing is is I, I had actually bought an iron horse frame. Um but <laughs> John Lee doesn't know this, but I uh I got rid of it pretty quick because uh if I, I could have this out of order, but I'm pretty sure he told me they used to call it the Tin Pony. I think it was back when I think Ronnie Gasker rode one, too. But then again, he had an aluminum GT also. So I, I'm i not positive. But anyway, I parted with that one. So I've only got the first and the last. I didn't bother filling in the the gaps with the Iron Horse and, and lots of other bikes. Tons of them, I'm sure. Yeah, there's another question here of uh, what gave me the idea to start a podcast. That, one, that one's kind of long so let me do this one first alright so I am on this this is not usually possible for me uh, because I'm usually at someone's house with just my phone that's doing the actual recording so I I can't also look at a computer at the same time to check the questions so all right, well Bill (laughs) Bill he's uh he screwed me on this one. He screwed me on this one. Thanks, Bill. This is Bill Klein. He lives out in Cleveland now, and he is quite possibly the most generous, nicest guy you'll you'll ever meet. Uh, but anyway, he said, out of all the videos, you got recommendations for what was your favorite? All right, no bullshit, because this is what he wants to hear. I don't have time to watch freaking videos. I love freaking videos, but I don't have enough time to watch the freaking videos. Honestly, I fall asleep early, usually with my phone in my chest, and uh, which is not really cool, especially if you have headphones on. You can practically strangle yourself trying to stay awake watching something on YouTube. Even, I think I watched a couple when I broke my leg, but not not too many. So, all right, so. It's part of the reason I had to delay doing this podcast till uh, till tonight. It's because I had to start watching videos for Bill's question because I can't lie. Oh man! Although uh, Andrew Vargason, uh, I believe is how you say his name, he does grindworks. He does a podcast and and makes pegs under the name Grindworks. Uh, he's he said uh, just. Just pick one and say you watched it. I'm sure he was kidding, but I could have done that. But I said, nope, 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 nope. I got to make, I got to do it. So uh, anyway, I ended up watching a bunch of videos and I narrowed it down to... two. And uh, the two were, well, very fittingly, the Anthem 2, which was just re-released, if uh, if you guys saw. I think there's still some of those left on uh, props, propsbmx.com also. Uh, but that Anthem 2, and then there was a Credence video uh, also by Stu Johnson. Sorry, Anthem 2 by Stu Johnson. And the Credence video by Stu Johnson Also, I just can't remember the name of it, but basically they take a a trip to Australia. Uh, I think it was Nutter, uh, Maddie, and Clint. So the the three of them went in. uh, So anyway, that that was a pretty cool video. It showed a lot of Australia that I hadn't seen, uh, and they rode that Bondi Bowl, Bondi Beach, I think it's called, which was just, it's just a crazy looking bowl. It's, so anyway, it was between those two. And, um, so my wife was watching with me and the first thing she noticed was the music. And I know a lot of people talk about the music, uh, but if she likes the music, then I like the music. So, um, so anyway, the, just the, the music selection was so perfect. Um, it was, it was just great. It was Tom Petty, Rush, Neil Young, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Seger, Def Leppard. I mean, definitely for the old school guys. But it fits. Let's just face it. Classic rock uh, fits any generation these days. Thank God. So uh, so yeah. Um, but in it, I. I the, this is the best part about coming back into BMX after being off for a, a while, and it's that it's that uh you learn about people that you knew nothing about after after you meet them you learn about them so case in point would be mark mulville i've met him i you know he's i consider us friends you know we're not tight but we know each other i'm sure we, we appreciate each other and just a super nice guy and, you know i see a lot of his riding at the grapefruit trails and Summit Swamp Fest and just seen him around and he, he's, he's a ripper. There's no question, but, uh, but holy moly. I mean, watching Anthem too, First of all, I didn't even know he had a section in it and I'm watching him and I'm. it was crazy. Uh, for the time period, it was, it, it was just crazy. But all of these guys in the video flowed so well, uh, even in the, even in the street parts, it was just well, actually the street parts were crazy. But anyway, Mulville. his combos that he did, I don't know where they were. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was there was quite a bit done in Eastern PA. They were all over the place with this with Anthem too, but uh, but it was it was awesome. But the combos that Mark was doing were were so crazy, I don't know how he, I don't know how he fit them in, in the size jumps that he did, and I'm pretty sure he's the guy that did the, uh, did kind of the, the lazy stall in the air, and he put his hand on his, on his hip, uh, it was a, uh, it was a pose, a mid-air pose, but it, it was so perfect and so funny, so anyway, uh, and then Clint Reynolds, the one thing that stuck out to me, Clint Reynolds was the, um, uh, he was riding this section he has bars backwards, and I thought you know normally when someone lands bars backwards they you know they they bar back into uh it back into regular position and uh he kept going bars back not only did he go bars back but he did a turn down with his bars backwards, and he did oh man, what the heck was it? it was just Amazing x up, I don't know. He just kept doing set bars backwards, and I was, I was just floored. I was completely amazed. Uh, Still am. So anyway, uh, Doyle Chris Doyle rode and just was, he was just awesome. Yeah, it's the first time I saw him with a shaved head. That was that was. uh, Don't ask me why it sticks out. Actually, of course it sticks out because I've only seen him, you know, with the perfect hair. So uh so yeah. Anyway, he was riding the street that was that was crazy. I mean I'm watching going, whoa, this uh I had no idea that Chris Doyle rode street that much. Uh and I know he I, well at least I think I know that he prefers dirt, but he 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 was awesome on the street too. So uh I think the other stuff I liked about that is uh that Anthem two. Which made it, uh, which made it my favorite, was uh, that there was a section. There was a couple sections where it was friends. It was a friend section. So most of you probably know this, but you know, entertain me and uh, and listen for a little bit, uh, or let me indulge, I should say. But anyway, Joey Garcia in there, I think, and I'm pretty sure I saw Ryan Corrigan, uh, Kareem Williams. I had no idea. I thought Kareem Williams was just the funny guy at S and M. I had had no idea. So anyway. Groundchuck, uh J Bone, Jay Lonergan, the Court brothers. I didn't know there was a a brother to uh John Quartz, I think it is. Yeah, at FBM or from FBM. English Robo, I think. Gosh, it was. There were just so many to see. to To see the front, the friends parts put in there. I think Brian Hunt. To see those friends parts put in there was was pretty awesome. I thought it was was super cool. But anyway, it was an it was an awesome. It was just an awesome movie, and uh, it was so well done. So, so yes, Stu. You're awesome, and what you're doing for Sean Burns is awesome, and. Uh, you are definitely a person that BMX needs in every way, so uh, so thanks for being thanks for being so awesome. Have I used the word awesome enough yet? Okay, so let me switch it up here, and I think this is episode ninety nine, by the way, if I count them. I don't know if I'll count this as a as a number or not. You guys can tell me whether I should count it or not um heavy pedals that's the new zine that's out uh he's chuck naggy but uh super nice guy he has a like a heavier card stock type of material he's using for a, a zine uh and it's full color it's it's pretty amazing it's only five bucks per issue plus mailing uh, i don't know what the mailing cost but you know what either way whatever it is it's as Groundchuck would say, just pay it. Pay it because you want it. Don't try to be cheap. Don't cheap the guy out. In fact, give him extra. I know I've been buying 10 copies at a time so I can give them away because I want everyone to get into this. Uh, because everyone should try, his zine, try making a zine at some point. So uh, if you haven't done one before, please try it. I'll buy one. But try it. So uh, anyway, he wanted to know what inspired me to do a podcast. So I know it's a general question, but it gets pretty, uh, it, get, it gets pretty deep. So if you guys really want to know, then listen. If you don't, you may, you may want to fast forward 10 minutes probably. But anyway, first of all, doing a podcast is definitely way out of my comfort zone, uh, which is probably the reason that you would hear me at times uh, I give a lot of credit to the um, to the guests, to the people I, I choose to interview because they really carry it uh, and if it weren't for them, the the podcast wouldn't keep coming so uh, anyway, alright, let's get right to it I'll just give you the answer, alright? Because I know you're probably just going, just say it, just spit it out. So, uh, so anyway, the name, I uh, I created the name for the podcast probably about eleven months before I started the podcast. So, uh, I knew I wanted to do it, uh, but as I said, it was out of my comfort zone. I wasn't sure, you know. I you know I was still getting used to doing the. The jams, and I know nothing none of this makes sense when I talk about being out of my comfort zone, so why would I do jams i I don't know all I can tell you is that uh, you know as uncomfortable as things are sometimes sometimes you should really um you know push yourself through and and just allow yourself to to do something and allow yourself to not be perfect and allow yourself to to try something that that you may not have done otherwise so uh so anyway there's that but uh so anyway I sat on it for about 11 months and uh I know at one time uh I think it was one of the only persons I really talked to about the idea uh was Timmy Strelicki so I asked his opinion on it and uh being the amazing guy that uh that Timmy is, he, he told me that, uh, that he really hoped I would do it and, uh, it would definitely tune in if I did do it. And then he said, uh, quote, as always, I'll be rooting for you End quote. So, uh, Timmy's a special guy and, uh, and I appreciated that. And I basically took that to the bank and went for it, uh, and started with, my first interview was with uh, Chelsea Wolf. Uh, she uh, changed her name back to Wolf. I think it was uh, Fietz Gooden, Garden Gooden, uh, at the time I did the interview. Um, but Chelsea is is pretty incredible, and uh, the way it shook out um, with her in having her be the first interview was was really spontaneous and and crazy. Uh, but she was on the East Coast. Uh, and she was there for the women's weekend at Posh and Caddy. And uh, I saw her there, I knew of her. And uh, for those that don't know, uh, Chelsea's a transgender uh, woman and she's, she's just an amazing rider and, and an amazing person. And I uh it it turned out she was going to Connecticut and into Massachusetts a little bit to visit family up up my way. So uh I told her I, I might be able to to take a day off and bring her around a bit. I know she was uh she had a few friends that were Bringing her to different places, uh, so she could check things out in between visiting her family. So I said, "Hey, you, you want to do? Uh, do you want to do the podcast? I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but it, we could we could try it." So we, she agreed to, and I, I picked her up where she was staying, and I uh, I brought her to two places, uh, the barn, and uh, an undis undisclosed Massachusetts location, and we rode that, and then we went over to uh, the GMT trails, the Green Manor trails. Over by Enfield, so uh, so she rode those trails, and that's where I ended up doing the interview. Was was at those trails, and then, but um, so what actually got me to do it? I told you this is gonna be a long answer, and I think I said ten minutes. Like about five into it, so hang on. Uh, So when you look at the big picture, you'll understand what I'm what I'm getting at when I tell you that the reason I thought of starting the podcast was because the podcast railed the berm. Uh, I believe was the, he was, he, uh, he was the first, uh, and this is Brad at rail the berm. He was the first one to really have a regular BMX podcast. That was, that was very scheduled and, uh, they were very, very consistent and still are. Uh, until recently, I'm not sure what's going on and uh but um I subscribe and I, I haven't uh seen anything come out for a couple weeks, so uh if I don't see something soon I'm gonna give these guys a ring and make sure everything's okay. But uh but anyway, uh, they were very consistent and uh put out a lot of shows and I think the past year uh, they switched it to two shows a week. So anyhow, I listened to a lot of them and they were mostly racing. So when I listened to it, I uh, quickly realized that, uh, that there wasn't a lot of representation of the East Coast. Uh, they had me on there a little bit and I helped and donated a few things and you know they would talk about the they would advertise the the jam for me, which was super nice uh but as much as I supported the podcast, it didn't feel right to me as far as what I like to uh what i what I was hoping to hear so uh so that's what I was uh getting at that you kind of have to look at the big picture with this that it's not that their podcast isn't Great, uh, because I think they do a great job. It's that I was anticipating something else. So uh, one of the uh, one of my faults is that I uh, I have expectations that sometimes get the best of me. So uh, you know I had this 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 these expectations that they were going to cover the entire United States and they were going to talk to every kind of uh, writer from every, you know, every part of the, the country and, uh, and do it all with, you know, long interviews. And, you know, when you get John Purse on there, you're just going to let John Purse run with it and, uh, or Greg Hill or, or any of these, these guys. Uh, but that wasn't happening. So, you know, so that made me think, okay, uh, you know, if you can do it better, then do it yourself so uh so anyway it was kind of like that but it wasn't i wasn't trying to be better than them i uh i just wanted to you know i guess i pulled what i liked from their podcast and put it together into mine so uh and that's what's awesome about other podcasts and i always promote other podcasts as much as i possibly can Uh, Because we shouldn't be competing, at least I don't think there's any reason to compete. Uh, I think everyone picks what they are comfortable with, and sometimes it's more than one. Anyway, if not for Rail to Berm, then my podcast probably wouldn't have happened. So, thank you for doing something different than I expected. Uh, Rail to Berm, Brad. Brad and all the the crew there because like i said mine would not have started without without them so you know i continue to support them and listen twice a week and uh you know they work hard they work very hard so anyway that's how it actually started so uh, so that's that uh let's see all right that was see that was 10 minutes i told you and i know I think I only did one so far, and that was the, the Wild Bill one about uh, my favorite video. Jerk. Thanks, Bill. Uh, actually, thank you, Bill, because I wouldn't have sat down and, and spent some quality time watching BMX videos with my wife, because I know that's what she really loves loves to do uh, on a Sunday night. So, uh, yeah, that was a good time. Brought us closer, for sure. So uh let's see. All right, here we go. Curtis Cantwell. What BMX podcast is your personal favorite? Well, um, I love Chris Doyle's uh Poliver. Um, you know what? I, I think it's gonna be Poliver and Impermater. Um, because they're both really difficult uh podcast names to uh to enunciate. So how about that? Nah, I'm just kidding. The, those are my two, my two go-tos. Um, and is a, uh, is, is pretty cool. And it's, uh, it's pretty in depth. I'm not that intelligent. Um, and, uh, listening to that reminds me of how not intelligent I am, but it's, uh, it's there. There's always something you can pull out of a podcast, and I think Mike Henkins does a really good job, and, uh, and there's absolutely a place for what he's what he's doing, and it's it's exciting. Uh, so Chris Doyle, he, I hope he comes around to to do more. I I totally understand uh, why he is not able to to do that right now, and uh, he's very much like me. He'll only do. Face-to-face interviews, and he has he has such great connections that uh, that I, I can't wait to hear from. Um, we 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 talk a bit about you know who who is interviewing who. That was more in the beginning until I realized, wait a minute, I shouldn't even be thinking about uh, anyone that he would interview because uh, he's going to get more out of these people than than I would in, in some, if not most cases. So he, uh, he's just very good at it. And obviously he's comfortable, you know, he's comfortable doing it. And he, uh, he just, you know, he asked the right questions and, and, uh, and the people that have been on know him and they, uh, they're just really interesting, really interesting people. So, uh, so anyway, I, I would say those are my two favorites. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick my own ass after we're done with this because I'm sure I'm forgetting uh, a couple because there's a couple that have stopped that I'd like to hear more of. All right, Curtis. Curtis has got some more. If you could redo one of your interviews, which would it be? I think a lot of my friends know exactly who this who this uh, would be for me. And, uh, y- you know, I, th- I think this one's, uh, totally on me, but, um, all right, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cough this up to the public. I, uh, there's all right. Well, there's two. Okay. Gosh, it seems like there's always two. All right. One of them's Van Homan. I, uh, that was a period of time where I was absolutely Rushing, and uh, let's say I was on a little bit of a podcast recording high, and I was really pushing to interview Van. uh, And uh, Van was nice enough to to uh, let it be known to uh, to listeners of the podcast that, that he was going to be leaving within, I think it was within a month of when I interviewed him, maybe two months um, to work on Tokyo 2020 for the Olympics, so basically working for Tokyo so uh, so anyway very unprepared uh, didn't, really, didn't really give him the memo that I really didn't know enough yet to be interviewing him and I, I still don't, I just think there's people that are that are far more well suited to to interview someone that is such a legend like him. Um he's just amazing. Uh but you know, I uh I didn't I didn't do that one very well and uh he was he was very gracious about it, but it definitely uh that was out of my league and I was unprepared. So if I was to give advice to anyone doing podcast, definitely uh, you know, be careful of who you, who you interview. If you're not prepared, um, some people you can get away with it, especially if it's a, it's a closer friend that you know more about. Um, but that one, I'd love to have a redo because, uh, I think that one got my, my only negative review also on, uh, iTunes. Um, I believe the person said something to the effect of, uh, Whoever this guy is that's doing the interview should learn something about BMX or don't or don't do it or something. I don't know. It was something to that effect. And I was like, well, that guy pretty much nailed it. But um, yeah, I think if you are clear about not knowing and and really go into it as as I do, which is the uh, the way. It the way I think of it is that I'm learning. I'm doing a podcast so I can learn and have other people that may have left the sport for a bit and come back. Uh, kind of use the podcast as a way for them to learn as well. So uh, so yeah, it, it uh, I wasn't clear about that. So anyway, the other one that I would change if I could uh, would be uh, Jimmy LeVance. That one, uh, that was a, a tough one because, uh, I, I think he, whew, Jimmy's a, a really, you know, a, a really nice guy. And, uh, I think, you know, there was a lot going on when I interviewed him at Swamp Fest, uh, because as those of you know that we're down there, it was, uh, they, uh, Chris Rye, he had the premiere of the, uh, go fast, pull up documentary that he had just finished after a tremendous amount of work. Hang on, I'm going to move something here. Okay. So, uh, so anyway, it, it was a, it was a big weekend for Jimmy and I think, um, I think it wasn't the right. Time, Although it was convenient, it was probably one of the only chances I could really do it for, for quite some time. So, uh, you know, it, it just slowly changed from the time I asked him to do it up until the day after the premiere. And uh, another one of those, you know, when you have that gut feeling, you should probably not do it. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, I'd love a redo on that one also and uh and not put him in a situation where uh where basically uh, he's already you know fairly overwhelmed and and trying to sit him down and uh and just have him have him speak so anyway uh see so yeah, there, <laughs> there's there's a little more with that one, but I'm, it's, it's uh it's not for it's not for everyone. It's not even fair for me to say that, but my friends can ask me. I'll tell them if they don't I already know, which they probably do. So anyway, Jimmy's a Jimmy's a good dude, and his sister is amazing. Also, she's been on the podcast. Uh, just amazing, Susie Lemann is amazing. If you're listening, Susie, you are amazing, an amazing writer, an amazing person. Uh, let me crash at their place a couple times over the years her and Christy is uh, just such nice people so anyway yeah enough of that let's go to another one on Curtis Cantwell's let's see he said will you be on an episode of Van Talk with me I, I, I don't I don't know I, I mean is this a, like a van down by the river kind of thing I don't know I'm, I don't know if I'm creeped out or not but um, unless it's Van Homan talk with him or is it a van alright I'm going with the van and uh, yeah sure why the hell not I'll uh, I'll pack the heat if I need to so uh, yeah Curtis if you try anything funny it's not going to be so funny just kidding Curtis I love you so, uh, let's see. The Chocolate Teapot wants to know, who is your favorite British rider, past or present? Man. Uh, okay. Well, the way he spelled favorite, F-A-V-O-U-R-I-T-E, he is def- uh, the Chocolate Teapot is definitely British. So, uh, the pressure is on. Uh, I'm going to feel like a bloke if I don't get this correct Uh, or at least give a a satisfactory answer. So I'm going to go with with uh, current is or present I should say favorite present British writer I'm going to have to go with uh, I know we started to ride again I'm going to go with uh, English Robo and I'm gonna go with or Robbo, English Rabbo, I think so you say it. Um sometimes we called Robbie Morales Robo, but anyway, for the past, oh man, it's a toss-up between uh Dale Holmes and uh Dylan Clayton. Uh, and so yeah, the, those those two. Uh, just incredible riders, and uh, Dylan Clayton was pff, unbelievable racer too. So, uh, and Dale, oh my gosh, Dale! I can't believe I, I can't believe I forgot. That's another one of my favorites. It's probably, probably the favorite is uh, is the High Low podcast. Uh, Dale just has awesome people on, and uh, I believe he's going to have Magoo on soon. Harold McGrether and I, I can't wait for that. That's going to be great. Uh, I thought I could get him on the podcast at, uh, at Swamp Fest uh, a year ago, two years ago, sorry. And uh, hey, guys, business card, cell phone, whole thing. He just said he didn't want to do a podcast, but he gave me every bit of information to do a podcast with him. So maybe that was a no, but yes, I, I, I don't know but uh anyway, Dale will do an awesome job with him and Dale being very much in tune with the industry for so many years uh he'll he'll have a conversation that uh will pull out some some good information and so uh so yeah anyway so this is my those are my uh those are my favorites chocolate teapot so let's see uh let's go for another one. Do you want to go ride some street later? That's from Curtis Cantwell. Uh afraid not. Curtis afraid not. I think you you know that uh I I'm not uh I'm not rocking pegs and uh the last pair of pegs I had I could only find one actually. Uh and I gave it to uh Trey Jones with some other stuff, but it's a uh it was a Skyway peg. Anyone from my era would will know what I'm talking about, but it was probably the size of, I'm looking at my pinky right now, it, it was definitely the size of my pinky, maybe a touch bigger, maybe my index finger, but either way, it was aluminum, would completely screw up the threads on your on your rear wheel or wherever you put it, put it front or rear, but uh, way too small. So anyway, I'd have to find those and put them on and uh, and try to ride straight I don't know, just isn't happening I'm not that creative, or crazy like you Curtis, you are nuts absolutely nuts uh, let's see, and then he says have I asked enough questions yet need to max out the Sean Burns donation uh, yeah you helped but you're going to have to pitch in because there's, there's not enough yet uh, so seeing that you asked alright, let's see Malali Bike Park, they want to know who is a rider or industry person you have not had on the show that you would like to, Ooh, gosh, um, I don't think too far ahead, but I can put I can put uh, both, both of those positions into one person and And tell you, actually into two people really, but, uh, and say Steve Crandall and John Lee, um, because they're, they're riders and industry. Although FBM is not making bikes anymore. They certainly were absolutely in the industry, uh, and they both ride. So, uh, so that's, uh, since I don't look, I don't like to look too, too far ahead. Uh, I can just tell you that that's one that is coming up. And, uh, I, I think I'm saving episode 100, that number anyway, uh, just for them. So I may be up to 110 before I go back to 100, but they will be episode 100. I'm going to make it happen. So, uh, anyway, those guys would be great. So let's see. Another good one. Oh man, I should have read these before. Malala Bike Park again. Uh what has been your biggest takeaway from doing this and getting to interview such diverse such a diverse group of people involved in BMX? Uh my biggest takeaway is people are far different than you think. Uh definitely don't judge a book by its cover and I know that's a cliche, but, uh, every now and then I still do it. And in fact, the person that this is for is Sean Burns, he's not exactly my style, but a lot of my friends are friends with him. And, uh, I absolutely would find plenty about him that, that, that is interesting to me. So, uh, you know when you when you're good friends with people that uh that are also friends with with someone else that may not completely align with you doesn't mean that they aren't interesting people and people that you should uh really get to know before you open your mouth uh, so uh, i actually saw a post on my dig uh pushing the fundraiser and uh yeah there was uh, a comment on there thankfully it was removed but it was a uh it was a really stupid comment and uh what i obviously what i didn't like about it was exactly what i'm talking about because it's uh it's not something you should ever you should ever do so uh, that's been my biggest takeaways you know you you just never know uh, fids fids is a, a good example of that i mean you look at that guy and you're like, "Holy shit, what a badass!" Uh, and you talk to him, and you know, his favorite animal is a, a cat. And he's uh, it, just he, he's he's like anybody else, just like I am. Uh, you know, with recording myself, you know, a little uncomfortable. You know, not sure. You know, you would the confidence that he exudes is just, is just, uh, it, it's, it's such a, a lesson, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying he's a, you know, he's a shy guy or anything. It's, uh, you dig in there and, and you find out that, uh, you know, that we're all just people doing our thing. And, and we care about other people and we just we just do our do our thing we all appreciate each other so he uh he's just an awesome guy so uh anyway that's that's my takeaway from that and yeah there has been quite a diverse group of of people that i've interviewed for sure there's uh there's no question there uh let's see all right grindworks andrew Ferguson. Uh, let's see. Which episode has surprised you the most, for better or worse? Either one you didn't expect to have much uh, much for that went really well, one you expected to be easy and just struggled through, or just one that wasn't what you expected to be for other reasons. Um, I'm going to say... Well, a lot of these tie back to uh, to some of the people I just talked about, but I would definitely say Robbie Morales. Man, Robbie Morales is is someone I've known for a long time, so it's a, it was a little different. It was that one went exactly how I I'm sure he and I both had had expected because we we know each other, and and it's uh, that one was a little bit. A little bit easier, so I take that back. But let's see. Um, well, John Paul Rogers, yeah, he, he's uh, he, he's just as bad as me. He does. It's hard to stop him. He'll uh, he'll talk for ten hours. Uh, so now him, um, let's see, and give you ten hours of solid stories too. That's what's truly amazing. just a really awesome guy. Danny Bailey yeah Danny Bailey episode 9 I think it was Uh, I had I had no idea how much it meant to him to be asked to do a podcast and I'm sure he will hear this because he's probably doing a quick 100 miler on on the Zwift or whatever it's called right now on listening to episodes two or three times in a row because he's on the bike for so long. Um, new podcast, but anyway, Danny Bailey. That was that was an interview that that truly. Uh, it, the yeah. interview went great. I just I couldn't uh, I couldn't. This is a perfect situation of of someone that that. Doesn't feel that they're they're worthy of an of a of a podcast, um, and I just had that with Tommy Bavona too, and his his was amazing also, but uh, Danny's was just man he had the best stories just talking about the megalodon at Posh uh, where he did a hundred laps two different days, uh, just just amazing suppy. He, th- he thinks he has a, a speech impediment and you know what I hear is I think he's got a distinctive voice that is absolutely you know, the voice lights up the room he's just he's he's the best so that was unexpected because I never I'd never been around him in quite that uh in quite that way you know as far as doing an interview versus just hanging out so uh uh, yeah, it was, it was just great. Uh, as far as one that I struggled through, um, I, that I thought would be easy. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked about them before, uh, earlier in the podcast. So there's, there's a couple that were, that were tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's my own doing. It's, it's not, uh, it's certainly not the person's, um, Fault that's being interviewed. So anyway, it's uh it is where you can gonna kinda of move on and I got got some fist bumps from Mike Pitozny. I've uh I've interviewed Mike twice, once with Harry Geyer, the the owner of the wheel mill and once with his brother Mark. And those two those two are the most amazing brothers. I I really uh man it, it's amazing what those guys have accomplished and how they've lived their lives. Uh, and just just done everything they've wanted to do. You, I don't think there's a way you could tell those guys no, uh, that they couldn't do something, because they'll prove you wrong every time. Uh, so let's see, Power Spike Shop. Uh, let's see if you could sit in on one of the interviews live. Which one would it be? Uh, I'm not. I I I'm at a loss on that one. Uh, I'm not sure of some maybe someone else's interview I'd like to sit in on. Um maybe. I'm not I'm not sure. Um Okay, well let's just say if Chris Doyle ever interviews Mike Aiken, that's one I'd like to sit in on. Uh, because uh, anyone that 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 listened to Chris Doyle's I think it was in Instagram live, uh chat basically. And, uh, and in the, in the podcast, he's, you know, he talks about Mike Aiken being the the number one requested, uh, rider to interview. And and it's funny because a lot of people have said the same with me, but that's one that I, they absolutely, uh, I have no business getting involved in that one. So, um, but I'd love to sit in on it Because I've heard so much And I've seen so much And and uh, it's uh, I've asked But that was, a, that was a while ago And I'm really happy it didn't happen Because it will happen If the time is right When the time is right So anyway Chris, if you do it I want to sit with you And just watch I won't say a word I won't ruin the interview on you. I promise. So anyway, I'm going to take the question that, that way powers. I'm not, uh, not sure if that's, uh, Chad or if that's Curtis on that one, but either way, thanks for the question and thanks for the support of the, the podcast. All right. Raise voyage. Will you ever run a cassette hub on your bike? Uh, pretty funny. Um, I think he's saying that because, uh, I ate shit at the trails, uh, the beginning of last year. I just, I just spent, I think I took a half a day from work, uh, the trails near my, near my work in New York. And, uh, I, I worked for a while, two or three hours and then I, I went to, to ride in my very first lap, the, uh the freewheel gave way and I was pedaling kind of strong out of the first well second turns like S turns before before you start hitting the jumps and out of the second turn I went to put a good hard pedal down and uh and the freewheel broke loose, like totally just spun. Um and as you all know, it's just like when your chain falls off, you, you go you quickly go right to your face, and I—I uh, uh, I had a helmet on, not a full face though, but I still was able to to turn my head and just get let my chest take the uh, the beating. But it uh, it made me really scared of freewheels. Uh, part of the reason I didn't race last year, uh, I just did not. You know, this is also coming off a broken leg, so it was. Uh, it just it freaked me out so ray the answer to your question is yes uh i'm having a set of profile hubs um wheels built up with profile hubs um and so it's going to be a cassette hub it's still going to be a 16 tooth because i want to stay old school and do 44:16. i'm sure george costa has something i don't know 44.1 i don't know but anyway, I'm going to use a 40 4416 with the cassette hub, and I, I've heard they're pretty pretty reliable. So I think I'll be a little more comfortable, you know, putting some weight down on the on the pedals. So uh, coincidental uh, question there, Ray. All right, Caddy Woods. I'm pretty certain this is Christianus, and he wants to know what non BMX podcasts you listen to. Well, me plus the rest of the world, I think, uh, listen to Joe Rogan. So I'm going to say Joe Rogan, The Nine Club. I don't listen to it all the time, but The Nine Club for sure. I'm going to go with, oh man, The Tipping Point. Uh, who's the author? Um, ah, the Revisionist History. I just can't remember the name of. The host. Oh my gosh! All right, I can't remember his name, so we're just gonna we're just gonna call him Macaulay Culkin. Uh, let's see. So anyway, so yeah, revisionist history is the other one. So Joe Rogan, Nine Club, Criminal Revision Revisionist History, and I think that's that for that one. Anyway, uh, thanks for asking the question, Chris. Defcon four, just gave me a little cheers because I, uh, he ah man, his his podcast had a lot of listens, over three thousand. Uh, he he does custom frames and he did some work on Garrett Burns' bike, uh, uh, the the full suspension bike. Did some uh, adaptations to it to make it make it work before he went over to Spain to do the do the recording. Uh, so let's see. All right. Zeapol Trucker. Uh, this is my friend John from California. He lives out Rich Bartlett's way. And he says, now that you're an empty nester and probably have extra cash, when are you going to upgrade that mid-school bike? Well, guess what, John? I think we all had a lot of cash until this, uh, until this whole virus deal. So, uh think i'll be slowing down on the on the spending but i am in the middle of building the the new bike so uh i think i talked about it earlier but uh but yeah i've uh i am actually upgrading a bike i'm just not sure when it'll be done but uh yeah just trying to be a, a little a little more aware of the the cash situation so so that empty empty nester doesn't doesn't equal spare cash like it used to. Not when freak things like this happen. So, uh, with the virus. So anyway, uh, so yeah, I got a Subrosa, um, Speed Wolf and I can't wait to build that, build that up. I've got some wheels being built, like I said, and then I just have to get some other parts to put it together. Um, uh, so that's that. Thank you, John. Be safe out there. He's a truck driver and... Solo trail builder, so uh, really, co- really cool guy. Well, let's see, did I, uh, Rich Vadalaro? This guy is amazing, he's a school teacher in the city in New York. And uh, and he said, Did you know that watching you ride make my, <laughs> makes my joints hurt? Um, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I'm gonna take it since this guy's got the PMA. I'm going to take this as a positive, uh, because he's, he's around my age and, uh, he probably sees me riding trails and eating shit and some days are good, some days are bad, but, you know, I, I, uh, you know, just like anybody, I want to, I want to feel what I used to feel. So, uh, I do what I can to make that happen. Uh, so let's see. Thank you, Rich. Oh, crap. Come on, Rich. Oh, man. This is like the Wild Bill movie question. In your opinion, what is the most important band or music genre going today and why? Uh, man, I I want to say, the, I can only say, to me, the most important band or music genre. Uh, Chris Cornell... Anything that he's been part of, uh, man. I get. I guess. I guess I'm talking grunge. Um, I I like my grunge. I think this is a new Pearl Jam album out that Andy Sterilakini told me uh, about because on a on a mountain bike ride the other day, I, I was listening to some Pearl Jam and posted posted that in my. Story And uh, he let me know So, uh, so yeah Gonna gotta buy the new Pearl Jam uh, Let's see Hopefully they have it on, on cassette tape still uh, So yeah I'm gonna go with uh, Pearl Jam Most Important Band Oh and why? I don't know They're thought provoking I think grunge is pretty well thought provoking A lot of music is But I think grunge definitely Feels thought provoking to me it's kind of eerie listening to Chris Cornell only because, uh, the, the songs that he sings, I'm assuming he wrote them, uh, but they seem to, they seem to kind of indicate, you know, maybe issues that to him issues that that he had uh it's uh it's hard not to think about it when you listen to him but uh which also creates another thought process while you're listening while you're listening to uh to him uh, but anyway there's there's a lot of good good stuff out there uh, okay <laughs> I don't know what that, I don't know what this is is there a story behind naming? Behind the naming of the vibrator seat, or is it simply just the best named seat ever? I'm uh, I'm stuck, man. I'm stuck on that one, Rich. I, I uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, and if there's a joke, I'm not getting that either. I'm sorry, Rich. You're gonna have to tell me another time. Uh, I mean, I could guess. I mean, maybe the. The story maybe is, you know, that little hole where you uh, where you stick your Allen wrenches in to tighten the seat. Uh, maybe that's where they used to put quarters to make the seat vibrate, like they did with those beds in those skanky hotel rooms. Not that I've ever been in one, uh, you know, for the vibrating bed. I, I don't know. I got, I got nothing. I got nothing. Thanks, though, Rich. Uh, you're the best. I love you, Rich. Uh, let's see Todd Nichols says top men uh, scavenger yeah he says stems on one one question or on another question caps on another one still don't know I, all I know is uh, I don't eat mushrooms I like mushrooms in my salad uh, and I took a pretty cool picture of a, of a tree with a bunch of mushrooms on it a birch tree I didn't want to eat those either. Uh, So yeah. I couldn't even tell you the stems or caps. There were no stems on that tree though. It was just caps. So uh, I don't know. Uh, But keep asking. Because I I like that. I love the question. Uh, Let's see. I think. Yep. That is all. Yep. That's all of them. So. I, I don't know how I don't know how I did this what it's gonna sound like no clue uh but interviewing yourself is uh it's it's not something I'd like to do uh on a weekly basis that's for sure but I hope you enjoyed it uh because it's uh <laughs> i'm here for the i'm here for the people ah <laughs> oh, man anyway I, I will tell you that uh i want to thank each and every one of the one of the interviews uh that i've done each and every one of you that have done them with me and trusted me with them because uh they are each one of them is a uh is special to me and uh there was certainly a lot of uh a lot given on both sides to make these these interviews happen, so uh, so thank you all for doing them, and uh, yeah, let's. Uh, if anyone wants to to match the money, I'm gonna put in for the questions. Let me know. Uh, I'll hold off for a short time, and and see who uh, see who uh, kind of puts up the money, and we'll uh, we'll hopefully do double what I would have done. So uh, let me know. Just either message me through Grounded 2000. Uh, actually, that's really the best way. It's the one that I pay attention to. It's, uh, I don't do a lot on, on Facebook. So anyway, thank you guys. I, I appreciate you all for, for listening. And, uh, you know, help me keep this, this going. You know, I need the motivation from all of you uh to uh to motivate me. So uh let's do this. Anyway, have a have a great rest of your week and and uh you'll hear from me again soon. Alright. Later. Hey everyone, this is Curtis Cantwell from Powers Bike Shop. Just wanted to let you all know, if you need anything BMX related, hit us up at powersbikeshop.com and you can even get free shipping off any order over $100 with promo code POWERMOVE.